0: Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, and of course, uh, Nash FM 106.1 FM, ericasher.com, and of course, our social media platforms, at Eric on Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Our podcast is everywhere, anchors our home base on your favorite podcasting platform, Happy New Year, one and all. Good to be back behind the mic. Of course, don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this week. That's right, we're back with um, a, a live show that'll be Thursday at 1 o'clock on WLAE-TV. Our rebroadcast begin at 6 p.m. on LAE on Thursday night. at ten. Uh, also, uh, 10 o'clock on The Deuce. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock, WLAE. Saturday morning on 2 a.m., on the deuce and 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Remember, we're also live streaming every Thursday at 1 o'clock on the WLA TV YouTube page. Uh, this week, it'll be our own Jude Young of uh, 106.1 FM and also com and uh, Gary Smith of NOLA.com and also The Wave Report. They'll join me on the show this week. No guest today. Uh, just wishing you a uh, a uh, Happy New Year, uh, again, uh, for you and your family. Also, again, healthy, prosperous New Year's for you all. Hope that you had a wonderful holiday season. It's in, it's in, it's in the rearview mirror. Uh, and um, hope you got a chance to really enjoy the, uh, uh, the holidays. A little different here in New Orleans, right, with all the, uh, the cool and cold weather that we had. Uh, and, of course, we're back to the um, uh, yo-yo weather that we <laughs> all uh, are kind of used to during this time of year. Uh, you know, cold for a couple days, warm for a couple days, cold for a couple days. It is what it is. Deal with the fog, deal with the rain. Uh, it's New Orleans. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we, we love this place, but, you know, the weather's the weather. Uh, I do want to say a special thank you to um, all the guest hosts who stepped in for me and allowed me to be able to take uh, a few days off. A lot of you know my, my daughter. Uh, I have two daughters that uh, one lives in Chicago, my oldest, Jamie. Uh, My middle daughter, Jody, lives in Nashville, and uh, we were so fortunate this uh, holiday season, for the first time since COVID, uh, to have the entire family together. And I wanted to spend as much time as we could with them. Uh, My middle daughter, Jody, is getting ready to have our first grandchild in February, uh, so we're looking forward to that. (laughs) She's such a little thing, and, and, and to see her come in, and again, with, you know, I mean, being pregnant, I mean, just it's amazing uh it's our first grandchild we're getting uh, we're getting fired up for that and of course it was just so good to have the girls here in town uh for as long as they were able to to be here along with my son again who was who lives here in new orleans uh so again just to, uh, I hope you had a chance to really enjoy family that's the you know that's the 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 essence of, of the holidays to to be able to get together with friends and family and in, in our case uh to get together with our family which again unfortunately because of the way things have been in new orleans We've talked about it so much on this program over the last 20 years, and I never thought I'd be—you know—I never thought it would be—you know—it would happen to my family. You know, my my girls love New Orleans. Okay, they are Nola girls. Uh, if you see what they wear, I mean, again, they're living in Nashville and and also in um, in um, Chicago, and you know, the, their attire is New Orleans attire. Everything you can get with New Orleans on it, you know, they're they're they're, they're proudly showing that they're still New Orleans girls and. You know it is what it is jobs, uh, you know the ability to be able to make more money in the other cities opportunities um, it, it is what it is and um, unfortunately, a lot of us, uh, at least my generation, are seeing a lot of our children move on to to other parts of the country, and we only get to see them during holidays and it's unfortunate and for us who again are about to be grandparents. Uh, as you know, my my wife, who again, all she's ever wanted to be as a grandmother, uh, to now be a situation where again, you're you know, we're going to be part time grandparents because you know, she's going to be in Nashville, uh, it is a baby girl, and uh, we're going to be here, so we're going to be spending a lot of time going back and forth, but it's not like again having them in your own backyard where again you can visit anytime, etc. Uh, those of you that have that and still have that here in the city, God bless you. You are so lucky to have your uh, your children here to be able to, again, uh, to be with you. But it is what it is. But it was a great holiday season. It really was. Really enjoyed it. And I really want to thank, again, all those that stepped in for me. Tommy Chrysan, Scott Craig, Michael Vazan, um, Mark Jafisi, Kirk Bollinger, Arnie Filco, um, uh, City Councilman Joe Geruso. All did a fine job in, again, holding down the, the the show. And also producer Rudy Dixon, who kind of held everything together. So, again, thanks to each and every one of them. We appreciate, again, them stepping in for us. Y'all might be doing a little bit more, uh, you know, as we uh, go back and forth. But, again, I I am mobile, so we may be doing some shows from, from Nashville uh, in, in in the near future. That's for sure. Uh, a lot going on. I do want to say a couple things before we kind of jump into topics today. Uh, well, of course, two lanes on on tap. Uh, LSU Pelicans Saints. I'm going to talk a little bit about the 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 Cantrell recall, or recall uh, as well. Uh, but we we lost a um, uh, a member of again the media here in in New Orleans over the uh, holidays. A guy that I worked with for a short period of time over at 990 uh, AM, John Oshelan, who again came to New Orleans when the Rock of New Orleans flipped over to um, uh, from music to uh, talk, uh, Rush Radio. Uh, he was part of. He was the afternoon drive host there. Eventually, again coming over to 990 when I when I was there, I was there for a short period of time. Then ended up going over to Intercom, and of course, has been out of radio now uh, for, for a few months. Unfortunately, he passed over the holiday season. And uh, we again, we wish uh, again his we give condolences to his family uh and and friends and and of course his listeners uh that that revered him so much and uh, just a great guy i mean again, i got a chance to know him a little bit um, and uh just thought he was a great guy, unfortunately, he passes, and of course prayers for um damar ha- uh, ha- Hamlin who um again I think uh, the, the entire world is p- is praying for right now. After what we saw, after what I didn't see it last night, but again, a lot, a lot of people saw last night, uh, him collapsing on the field during the Cincinnati Bengal Buffalo Bill game. Uh, he's in critical condition. Uh, he suffered cardiac arrest on uh, following a hit in the game. Uh, his heartbeat was restored on the field. He was transferred to a, a medical center uh, uh, in in Cincinnati. Uh, he's uh, sedated, listed in critical condition, uh, and and they uh, again. Uh, from what I understand, remains the night, spent the night in intensive care, and remains in critical condition. as we speak, please your prayers uh, for uh, for Demar Hamlin, uh, for his speedy recovery. Uh, and it just, I mean, it's it ha- doesn't happen a lot, okay. Thankfully, that we see these catastrophic type situations uh, in professional sports, uh, but it touches everyone. Um, you know, whether you're a Buffalo Bill fan, or an NFL fan, or not. Uh, when these type of things happen, so again our prayers uh, with the family uh, and also with Demar Hamlin uh, for a speedy recovery. Uh, wishing you all again a prosperous 2023. Uh, it's been a rough few years. It just has. I mean, again, you know, COVID through everything. Uh, th- COVID threw us all for a loop, and in a lot of cases, people are still trying to be able to come back from 2020. Uh, you know, financially, emotionally uh you know okay, you're right down the line um and uh it's, it's been a little bit frustrating at times okay and i'm hoping that again that we can finally turn the page and, and get back to some sense of normalcy in 2023 i know that that's what everyone is hoping for you know it's funny i saw something on social media the other day that said nobody better say this is going to be my year <laughs> uh you know because everybody thinks it's going to be their year right well you know what we just want to get through it kind of unscathed uh but again Uh, Again, hoping that, again, you and your family have a healthy and prosperous uh, 2023. What a weekend. What a weekend. Um, Man, I tell you what, uh, Tulane uh, capped off an incredible season uh, with, again, maybe the greatest comeback in college football history when you look at what was on the line and, and again, how they were being dominated by USC. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. Of course, complete domination by LSU, uh, over, over Purdue, and you know, I, look, I, I get it. Purdue was without a lot of their their coach, a lot of their players. LSU lost some players as well, uh, but I thought it showed again where LSU was in in terms of how quickly the foundation has now been laid uh, by Brian Kelly uh, for the Tigers going forward, and uh, things are are really look really bright the future for both LSU and Tulane. Uh, with both of their uh, their programs, football programs, there's no. Uh, I'm excited for both. I'm I'm sorry to see both of the seasons come to a close, uh, because it's really been a fun season for both. Um, but we turn the page now, and we again we see again if they can both uh, really kind of uh, take an opportunity to kind of build on this uh, this great season for both. Uh, Pelicans have played so well, and of course, as we flip the calendar to 2023. Uh, the thing that has really again hurt uh, uh, both teams on Airline Drive is really rearing its ugly head again uh, with injuries. Uh, Zion Williamson has been playing so well; he's been carrying this team uh, since uh, Brandon Ingram has been out uh, with the toe injury, and of course last night um, in uh, in Philadelphia he suffered a uh, a hamstring injury. Uh, and look, first of all. Those are tough injuries, okay, those soft tissue injuries. You don't know, again, uh, how, how bad the injury is. And then, of course, the length of time in terms of, again, to be able to rehab that and come back and not have, again, uh, maybe a, a, a breakdown where, where, where that would be something that lingers through the season. Look, we know this about the, um, the medical staff and the training staff uh, at the Pelicans now, right? Right as opposed to what it used to be, they are overcautious, okay, overcautious. And uh, it's going to be a tough stretch now without Zion and probably Brandon Ingram, who doesn't seem like he's ready to play yet. Um, Look, I'm a little frustrated with Brandon Ingram. I was telling you guys that before. You know, I I walked away from the mic uh, uh, for for the the, uh, Christmas vacation. Um, You know, I had someone put out something on social media answering something I put out about, uh, Brandon Ingram. that's only December. Look, I, I've qualified that and everything I've said. That again, that, that again, that he was missing time in December, um, and you want to see him healthy. But my issue with Brandon Ingram is uh, he's overcautious to to a, to a point that again, uh, if he's not one hundred percent, and that's his that, that that's his M O. Now, if he's not a hundred percent, he's not getting on the floor. And I get it. It may not make a difference in December, but maybe it does. You know, especially if again, if you're losing games. Because, again, when you're in a tight race like you are right now uh, in, in, in the, in the uh, Western Conference, uh, every game counts. And I don't care if it's in December or April. So we'll see how this kind of plays out with, again, the possibility of playing maybe the next couple of weeks without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And it's a pretty tough schedule, and I'll get into that a little bit later on. The Saints have turned it around, and, and look, uh, they, they played really good football. I mean, they go into a sub-zero situation in Cleveland. They win there. Uh, that was a, a game that, again, a lot of people didn't think, myself included, they would win. They go into Philadelphia. Uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't play. Obviously, that has something to do with it. But, look, you want to talk about a mass gen? We'll everybody want to talk about injuries? Let me look at the long list of injuries for the Saints, okay, and what they've had to deal with this year. Uh, and They beat a team that, again, is is going to be a Super Bowl contender. Um uh, I uh, give a congratulations to the team. Uh my, my stance has not changed. Uh I I know now that again the management and ownership of the Saints now have a uh, uh I don't want to say a built-in excuse, but they do have a built-in excuse now to be able to bring uh Dennis Allen back. Uh but again to me this is the, the, you are you are basically again getting on the same merry-go-round next year with bringing him back. I I don't see much of a change here in terms of his ability to be able to lead a team. I just don't. And and again, I like Dennis Allen. Who doesn't? We've seen him grow up in the organization. Uh, But again, some guys are built to be defensive coordinators or to be coordinators. Some guys are built to be leaders and head coaches. And he just doesn't seem to have what it takes to be a head coach. And his record shows it. His record shows it. And look, there's a really good chance they're going to go uh, into the dome on Sunday, and and they're and they're going to beat Carolina, and they will they will end the end, will end the season what on a four game win streak, right? Uh, but when you look at the situation right now with the Saints, uh, I, I think it'll be more of the same. I I, I don't think a band aid at this point of we're going to get rid of some of the of uh, some of the um, coaches, and that's going to be the panacea that that again that turns this team around. Okay. This team was not motivated the entire season. And, and and part of that goes back to the head coach. Injuries were an issue. There's no doubt about it. But cannot be an excuse. Can cannot be an excuse for what we've seen. Can cannot be an excuse. So, yes, they turned it on toward the end of the season. Uh, not enough to be able to get into the playoffs. Right now they sit at number 10 in terms of, again, draft position with, again, their first-round pick going to Philadelphia. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. A lot of chatter out there about Sean Payton coming back to the Saints. I'll get into that a little bit later on, again, how that may affect Dennis Allen. I don't see it. I'll just be honest with you. I just don't see it. I think, again, that Payton, his people, are just playing a game right now to keep his name out there. I don't see him coming back to New Orleans, uh, moving out again his defensive coordinator, especially, again, with them saying that he's going to be retained. Uh I again I see him going somewhere that he that he feels like he can win uh pretty much immediately. It has a quarterback. Uh with the situation now with the Los Angeles Chargers looking like they're gonna make the playoffs. Uh they're not gonna fire their coach. I mean uh the, the maybe, you know, depending on if they get maybe they get blown out in we in in their first game, maybe maybe they look that way. Um uh, I don't see Denver as as a as a possibility here. See, to me, I don't think money is is what's going to motivate Sean Payton. Sean Payton's had been one of the highest-paid coaches in the NFL since he won the Super Bowl. Okay, I mean he's got he's been banking money for a long time. So I don't know if money's the issue. Now again, is he going to want to be the highest-paid coach? Absolutely, he's got an ego. But uh, again, it's going to come down to how quickly he can stack wins. If he has a quarterback, then again, that can get him to a Super Bowl, so he can get that second Super Bowl and solidify an opportunity to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a coach. That's what it comes down to at this point. So, and and that that that's not happening here in New Orleans. I mean, Andy Dalton is serviceable, but he's not gonna he's not gonna win a Super Bowl for you. He can't even get you to the playoffs. So you know. all this talk about him coming back to New Orleans. I I just don't buy it. I just think that's, again, that's thrown out there uh, to be able to keep his name in in, in the headlines uh, and keep his name out there and also, again, for leverage on his part. Hey, he might go back to New Orleans. We're going to ante it up. We're going to do whatever it takes. We'll give him more power because I don't think he's going anywhere where he doesn't have total control. Why would he? He had total control here. Why would he go anywhere else and have not total control? So we'll see again how that kind of plays out with Sean Payton in 2023. He may sit out the entire year again, okay, because the job that he wants is just not there. Uh, But, again, the Saints hold his rights for at least a couple more years. So we'll see again how that plays out. Uh, You'd hate to be in a situation where ultimately, again, he doesn't come back until after the the, uh, contract is up and then the Saints get no compensation. But the Saints kind of have to play it that way. You cannot rely on now – hoping that Sean Payton comes back so you can get some draft picks uh, and, and be able to, again, uh, maybe, again, re- restart the franchise with those picks. You're going to have to be able to hit on the picks you have. And then, of the course, is something I've talked about in this program for a long, long time when it comes to Sean Payton. He is going to come in, and he is going to poach the best and brightest that's in this organization. How do you protect those? How do you protect those individuals from being poached? Not just from Sean Payton. But from other teams, and I think it's something that if Mickey Loomis has not been working on this this entire this entire season, if that hasn't been again not on the back burner but on the front burner, to realize again, okay, who are the mo- who are the key individuals in this organization that we cannot afford to lose? Is it Jeff Ireland? Is he one? I mean, you look at again, look look at the young players that have that have emerged this season, and we've talked about it a lot on this program. OK, uh, the, and, and those guys, some of those guys undrafted free agents. Right. So when you start looking at pro personnel, college personnel, uh, what's going on within the organization, Parrington is another guy, Michael Parrington, that, that, again, is, is, is thought of to be, again, an up and comer. Uh, you know, we have talked about Kai Harley, his ability to be able to handle contracts. Uh, you have to be able to protect those guys. You know, as just someone on that coaching staff, you feel like you have to protect. You know, we've heard Hodges, the the linebacker coach, is a guy that is really again respected in the NFL. Um, you look at the linebackers, how they've come on. Look, Caden Ellis was an afterthought on this team, and all of a sudden he's emerged as a guy that can play. He could be a starting linebacker in the NFL. Okay, he was a special teamer o- over the last couple of years. Uh, you, so you've seen again guys progress. Pete Werner progressing when when healthy. Um, so you look at you know a guy like that. You know uh you look at on the offensive side of the ball I keep hearing a lot about ronald curry uh is he a guy that can can transition to an offensive coordinator? can he be a play caller is he a is he a great quarterbacks coach? I don't know okay I'm just throwing names out there of individuals that I have heard uh through the n f l channels that that again they're well thought of uh, you know uh you you look at uh, at the saints and uh you look at where they're at right now and you say to yourself man huh <laughs> you know this is a very very talented team uh that underachieved and they did they underachieved well, for whatever reason lack of motivation uh some of the in, in uh, some of the stuff that happened within the locker room i mean all that again probably again had had a lot to do with it um Ryan Nielsen's another guy I was thinking of, again, that, that again, has a bright future uh, as a defensive line coach and maybe a coordinator down the line. Darren Rizzi, again, um, is, one of, is a special teams coordinator, is a guy that's thought of that could be maybe a head coach down the line here. So they've got some, they've got some, play, uh, some pieces in terms of that coaching staff that, you know, do, do you let those guys go, okay? Uh, are, are those guys you're going to keep? Uh, how does that work out? Does Dennis Allen get a chance to bring his own guys in? I mean, I, th- I thought it was about continuity, and that was the thing that was supposed to work. Uh, but there was something, there was a disconnect here this this past season, whether it was, again, Dennis Allen as the head coach, uh, the position coaches, uh, the new roles that they took on. I mean, look, hopefully they understand what the issues are, uh, again, that, that transpire within that locker room that we, the media, are not privy to okay, the inside stuff that we don't know about. And uh, the hope is that uh, they will have an excellent draft, uh, that they'll be able to rework some contracts here, get rid of some dead weight, maybe make a few trades that, would that again, that can help them, um, and then hold on to some of these young players that we've talked about. I mean, again, you know, the last thing you would hate to see is a a, uh, a chance for, Uh, the Saints at this point, uh, to be able to put time into some young players who become unrestricted free agents, and because of the cap, okay, uh, that they are not able uh, to be able to uh, bring those players back. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on the program, you know, some of those unrestricted free agents uh, that they have to bring back. Young players, again, that that, – that are in the last year of their contracts, so we'll do that as well. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. We're going to come back and talk about Tulane first, as, as we uh, as we get ready to uh, to tip it off here. Um, don't forget about my friends over at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. Yes, the new year is here, and uh, again, Burkhart is still out there working as as they always are. Uh, Burkhart has your back whether you're looking for again a new air conditioning system, heating system for your home, uh, and of course now we know if you live in South Louisiana. It's kind of a prerequisite, right? Uh, if you own a home or a business, uh, you have to have a generator uh, to be able to continue to keep power on. Uh, at Burkhart, they are your generator experts. Uh, when it comes to generators, uh, they uh, uh, handle Generac generators for you. And um, at Burkhart, uh, Jason Burkhart will come out to your home or your business, sit down with your consultation, find out what you're looking for in terms of a generator. Uh, you can finance it over time if you'd like. Uh, at Burkhardt, their they'll, they'll, uh, crew is second to none. They take care of the whole process for you, planning, permits, inspections. Their dedicated generator team are experts. They know exactly where to place that generator, so it's in code. And then, of course, they'll, they'll put it in for you on a single day install. Uh, you're looking for a, a, a company that can maintain that generator for you. You have to maintain that like a car engine, right? Uh, Burkhart can do that for you. Also, 24-7, 365 emergency service with all the parts you need fully stocked at their warehouse uh, in Mandeville. If they have Generac generators right now in stock to install at your home or business, all you got to do is make the call. Remember, new install quality check after one month. You're looking for a, a generator for your home or business. Increase your property value. Give you peace of mind. Go with Burkhart. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Eric Asher back with you behind the mic. 2023. We'll be right back.
1: If you want a little soul with your country, then you're with us. New Orleans country, from the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 106.1 Nash Icon or anytime at NashFM1061.com. Look out for an accident on St. Bernard at North Broad. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Insider well Don't forget about Dave Miet Insurance. That's right, Dave Miet Insurance twenty twenty three. So many people are getting left out in the cool right now because of again the insurance companies that are packing up and leaving Louisiana. Look it happened to me, okay? Was with Progressive for six years since we bought this house. And uh never made a claim until this past um hurricane with Ida. And could have made a claim in in, in the past hurricanes, but just again it just wasn't enough to really really fool with. So um, and then they and then and then they balk. Okay, and then well, I'm thinking, man, I'm gonna be with citizens. Uh, thank thank goodness for Dave Miet. He worked tirelessly for almost a full month to find us a company that was writing uh, policies in Louisiana. And, and and look, I'm telling you, uh, he had a lot of folks that were with Progressive that again ultimately got left in the cold as well. It wasn't just me. So again, if you're looking for a, a an agent that's gonna go above and beyond, okay, and that's the thing, above and beyond. Going to work his butt off for you. Uh, then again, that again, well, when, when you have a claim that's going to be there to answer questions, but also going to be there throughout the, the entire uh, situation, man, give Dave Meand Insurance a chance. 504 556 0809. Call Dave, sit down with him, do a consultation in his office on Veterans Think like the Shogun. Um, go to his website, D A V E M I L O E T I N S Uh Dave is an independent insurance agency, he's not uh, tied to any one company. He was able to search over 50 companies and even more for the best coverage, for the best price. And we're not with citizens, okay? Um, it may be just a one-year deal with this, this insurance company. It may be longer. Who knows? Uh, but, again, he got us an insurance company, again, that's solvent, uh, that was able to be able to cover, cover our home. Uh, and he'll go above and beyond for you as well. So if you're not happy with your insurance agent, if you're scrambling right now, Think Dave Miette, 504-556-0809. And if you're a contract professional or, again, a business owner, man, i tell you what, nothing like having an insurance agent that you pick up the phone, they answer the phone for you, and they're there for you uh, to answer all questions that's necessary and to go that extra mile. That's Dave Biette Insurance. That's 504-556-0809. You want to save, call Dave. Uh, pardon my voice. <laughs> uh, I have been under the weather uh, unfortunately, for the last few days of, of, um, of the holiday over the last week or so. And um, I didn't know if I was going to make it today. But, uh, again, I just I wanted to be, get back on the air. So, again, uh, if you would, just bear with me with my voice right now as uh, we, we try to uh, just recover a little bit from a little touch of the flu. Uh, I'm fine. Everything's cool. Just, again, I just sound horrible. Uh, let's start with Tulane. How, how exciting of a year from 2-10 to 12-2, and, and David beat Goliath. Uh, 46-45, Tulane wins the Cotton Bowl, the greatest win maybe in the history of Tulane football. Uh, biggest bowl win since, again, the Sugar Bowl in the 30s. And it didn't look that way for a long time. Look, first of all, I, I just give so much credit to the team, the coaching staff, how resilient they've been. Uh, going back to the USM game that they dropped, uh, you know, getting beat by Central Florida, and then coming back and avenging that uh, that loss. Uh, I was worried about the size and the speed of uh, of USC, and it really kind of proved itself out early. Uh, you know, over the first maybe you know what three and a half quarters, uh, they were big up front, uh, they were physical, and, and they had big they had great speed. Uh, they controlled really the the time possession They controlled the game. Okay, had it in hand up up, up, up by 15 until what 4:34 left in the fourth quarter. Um, it was a historic comeback. OK, uh, that's something that, uh, you know, again, you had to really kind of see to believe because I'm sitting on I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm sitting, and, I'm, I'm sitting and I got a I DVR of the games. Right. Both games were at the same time. I got a DVR, DVR of the game. This time I chose to be able to watch LSU first and come back and watch Tulane. And of course, you know, when I do that, I, I shut my phone off. OK, so all of you that were calling me about Tulane or LSU or texting me, the phone was off. That's why. Um, so. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this thing kind of unfold, and and I'm saying, man, first of all, I hated the way Hampton, um, really set his defense up. Uh, the defense seemed to be on the field the entire game because Hampton chose to play coverage, and allowed Caleb Williams, the 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 Heisman Trophy winner, to have all day to throw the ball, and again, seemed to, again to pick the the Green Wave defense apart. Well. I mean anybody that has that long if you're only rushing 3, which is what he chose to do and then drop eight in the coverage, okay? Um you're going to have a, you're going to have an issue. And it, it seemed like that all I mean I'm, I'm literally screaming at the at the TV in the, in the beginning of the third quarter, you've got to stop rushing just 3. Uh, if he beats you with his legs, he beats you with his legs. But you cannot continue to put this pressure on the back end of the defense, where ultimately they're on the field so long because they're marching right down the field on you. And he's got all day to throw the ball. I mean, uh, you look at this. I mean, the speed of the of the USC receivers. I mean, uh, Rice's son uh, was phenomenal. But the kid had all day all all, all day to throw the ball. There's no way. Only defensive backs dropping eight way of handling the speed of the USC receivers but two, they never gave up they never gave up um offensively up until that 434 mark i mean it was they were being dominated uh by by, by the uh, uh by, by USC but again never quit never quit um just just pretty amazing when when you start looking again at again willie fritz this team uh Pratt, what he was able to do. Um uh Spears, Watts, Johnson, big play after big play. You know, Spears and 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 Pratt carrying the team on their back. Uh, you know, uh throughout the game. Then the unlikely hero, Ballman, the tight end, right? Uh James is out with an with an injury, gets the winning touchdown. And the official is looking right at it and he's saying incomplete. And then when you see the, the replay and you see that the USC defender's hand is down there uh, on on the ground, and of course his body and the ball never touches the ground. And and again, you know, you just you you have to kind of shake your head and say, well, what is he looking at? What is he was what is he looking at? This team kept plugging away, man, as they did all season. They rose up in the fourth quarter. They got key stops on defense. Uh, that that safety really opened up the door for the victory. Okay, but again, you know, the kick. Uh, the guy lets it grabs and lets it go out of bounds. Uh, and it sets them up there. It was one of the greatest victories in the history of Tulane football, maybe the history of Tulane athletics, and that includes again historic wins over LSU. Okay. I also want to say this before I kind of jump into it. Kudos to the Tulane fan base. Okay. For years you have not shown up, and look, I get it. They weren't winning, but you showed up in force this year. It took a while for you to kind of get rolling here, but once you realized again this is this thing, this was a special team, uh, you showed up. And you showed up in Dallas, in Arlington. Uh, you could hear it on TV, okay? And I had friends that were there, but you could hear it on TV. Uh, that Again, that the, 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 the Tulane fan base uh, that was there. I'm going to say it right now. Say it again. Okay, and this is no knock against Alvin Kamara, who's still a really good back. I love Tajay Spears, okay? He is going to be a great NFL back. The Saints would be foolish not to draft this kid. He's in his own backyard; he fits right into what the Saints do on offense. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I just think the kid is fantastic, and uh, I would hate to see him end up end up elsewhere. But I mean, you just look at, at just overall uh, what happened again. You know, Pratt eight for seventeen, two hundred thirty-four yards, two touchdowns. But but again, not really until the fourth quarter when they really started rolling, right? Meanwhile, Caleb Williams is just going completely nuts. Thirty-seven of fifty-two. 400, 400, is it four hundred sixty-two yards? Five touchdowns, one interception. I mean, he was amazing. But again, a lot of that lent to the way Tulane was playing him on defense. And I think Hampton's done a terrific job this year, in in again scheming uh, for the defense. And the defense has really been the, uh, in, in a lot of cases, uh, the reason why Tulane has won so many games. But they were they were they were dog tired. They were on their heels because of well, the way they chose to play. And I was glad to see, again, them, them go back to in the fourth quarter, really in the fourth quarter, really start rushing uh, Caleb Williams, sending four, sometimes five, and, again, putting him in a position where, again, he didn't have all day to throw the ball, making him have to make a quicker decision. And I think that's one of the reasons why the thing turned around for him. But the resilience of this team, I mean, again uh, – if you looked at the stat line like I did in the, in the and the halftime in the third quarter, you're saying it's complete dominance by, by USC. I mean, it's complete dominance. They, they, they control time of possession. Uh, again, uh, passing yardage, uh, running yardage. Uh, they, they, pretty much every single statistical category out there, uh, they, they, were leading this, they were leading the game. And they were up by 15. But, again, you cannot measure heart. And you cannot measure the heart of this program. And it starts with Willie Fritz and, it again, trickles down. Um, so many players that again that 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 stepped up and played so well for this team uh it just uh, just an amazing an amazing um um uh, effort uh to be down to again historically great team program like USC i mean put this in the context you know in in, in, the, in like i said in one of the greatest victories in the history of the school you're talking about USC Pac 12 perennial champion top or there uh we got a, a team that each and every year is a top five, right, top six, top seven in, in recruiting. Uh, they, they get what they want in a lot of cases, a lot like LSU, right, uh, out of California like LSU does in Louisiana. And then they, they're, they're a national program that brings in, again, the best and the brightest uh, when it comes to, again, um, uh, football. Um, you look at, again, the. Uh, you know Brandon Rice, six six reception, one hundred seventy four yards. I mean, the namesake go right down the line on, on, on again the the kids that they bring in, as opposed to who Tulane has brought in. Um, just again a masterful job by uh, this team of again hanging in there, hanging in there, and then uh, at, at the end never giving up, and ultimately um, coming out with a victory. Dorian Williams, seventeen. 17- total tackles, nine solo. I mean, uh, let, let me young. Ten total tackles, six solo. You go right down the line. Uh, Monroe, that big interception uh, early, which is really one of, the, one of the only few bright spots out there other than, again, what Tajay Spears and Pratt. You know, Pratt, I can't say enough. I'm so happy that he's coming back. I mean, it really looked like he was going to Florida or Notre Dame. Uh, Florida was gonna, was antying up. And I've got to give a lot of credit here uh, to, again, The the collectives, uh, the alumni base, uh, for coming up with the money to be able to keep him here because it's a different world that we're living in now when it comes to college athletics. It just is. And this was a terrific win, Uh, 46-45. The way it happened, coming back in 434, down 15, and coming back and winning was one for the ages. And for a guy that grew up loving Tulane football, and living and dying with Tulane football, you know uh, it was it was a sight to see. Um, now, as you look forward uh, to the future of this program, of course Spears is going going to go uh, pro, um, and uh, Pratt will be back for at least another year. Uh, you've got obviously some of your defenders that now again that their eligibility is up. It's going to be a little different team next year, but I think that. And, and, and I think Gary Smith said it best in, in his column this week, that Tulane's kind of cracked the code here. And, and, and 100%, when I read it, I went, you know what, I agree 100%, because I was thinking the same thing. Uh, it started this year with, again, understanding wh- what Tulane can offer to a kid who is from New Orleans who decides to be able to go elsewhere. It doesn't work out at maybe some of the bigger universities around this country because they've never been anywhere, right? They're, they want to get out of town. They want to get away from New Orleans. They want to go experience something else. And maybe it doesn't go their way. And instead of maybe going to ULL or or one of the other schools or maybe, again, a USM or something like that, to go to Tulane. And to have a chance to be able, again, to get a second chance uh, at a collegiate career at Tulane. And we saw that with, what, 10 uh, transfers in the transfer portal coming in and making a difference for this team this year. Just amazing. Amazing. This has to help them in terms of, again, their recruiting. We saw, again, this year more recruits from Louisiana than we've ever seen for Willie Fritz since he's been here, which means, again, not only has he made inroads with the coaches here, but he's also, again, uh, now has uh, a program which players want to come to and then they want to have a chance to be able to compete with. So, really good things for Tulane uh, when, when you start talking about uh, this turnaround. The greatest turnaround. In college football history, right? Uh, 10 and 2. I'm sorry, 2 and 10 to 12 and 2. Cotton Bowl champions, American Athletic Conference champions, and that's when you got the full complement of teams. Okay, they're expected to win next year. Okay, they are. But this year, with Cincinnati and UCF uh, and Houston still in the fold, uh, to be able to win this conference as they did, to avenge the only loss that they had within conference. And, and again, the thrashing of, of of UCF, gotta love it, man. You just gotta you gotta love the way everything kind of turned out uh, for Tulane this year. A storybook ending to a storybook season, is, is how I look at it. Uh, and I'm just so proud of the Greenies, and I'm proud of the fan base that that stepped up. You know, I I, I was among the eighty thousand plus back in the back in the, the early '70s that were there for the LSU games. Now a lot of those were LSU fans in that in that stadium, right? But you know, Tulane used to draw pretty well back then, uh, and then of course the '98 season, which was a, a season for the ages to be undefeated. Um, but this, look, Tulane should be a top-10 team uh, as the as the um, as the polls come out, the final polls come out, and uh, uh, the sky's the limit for this program now. And congratulations to Willie Fritz and the entire Tulane program, the entire Tulane family. It was uh, it was a season for the ages. So much so that again, I can't tell you how many times. I put LSU on the DVR and watched Tulane first, and I've never done that. Never done that. Never done that. Uh, but, again, that was something that uh, uh, so I, I just hope, again, and I do believe it, it, it's going to continue. As far as, as uh, LSU goes, I'm going to really get into it uh, in the second hour, but uh, 63-7, to uh, just totally blowing out Purdue. And, look, I know that a lot of people, again, that are Purdue fans are saying, well, you know what? Uh, we lost a lot of players, lost our coach, et cetera. I get it. I, we saw it last year in the Texas Bowl, didn't we? But LSU lost some really good players as well. It was a total overmatch between LSU and, and and Purdue. But LSU dominated from the opening kick. It was good to see Kelly play so many players yesterday, especially, again, all three quarterbacks getting a chance to play. You know, the new rule allowing players not to lose a red shirt and play in a bowl game is a really good rule, especially now with all the opt-outs, right? We're seeing so many opt-outs now with the bowl games that it really helps coaches. And LSU has a bright future, again, with the foundation that that was laid by Kelly and his staff this year. You know, first, the team, again, showed discipline, the will to win. Uh, Let's not forget, again, the talent that he's developed and acquired. You know, 39 scholarship players, right? I mean, he had to go into the transfer portal, bring in guys that could come in and play immediately. Uh, You had the freshman class that had to come in. A lot of those guys had to contribute immediately, and they did. And, And, look, that, that's really, again, the, the foundation we're going to see now for a future championship team for LSU. There is no doubt in my mind, within the next three to four years, LSU is going to win the national championship under Brian Kelly. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. They're going to be one of the top teams in the nation next year and beyond. Uh, and the trouncing of, of, of the Purdue really kind of gave uh, the Tigers kind of put uh, college football on notice. Okay? They got a 10-win season. SEC West champions, they go to the SEC championship, and they start with 39 scholarship players. Just a tremendous amount of credit needs to be given, again, to the staff, uh, to, again, Brian Kelly, uh, to the players, but also, again, to the NIL collectives. Much like I said for Tulane. Look, they're they're donors, okay? Uh, Again, college athletics is now an arms race. There's no other way around it. If you want to be able to compete, you've got to be able to have donors that are willing to financially support your program. And there's an evolution here, right? It used It's not like it used to be where you get the TAF, you give money, buy facilities, et cetera. Now you have to reward a player, and you have to do it above board, okay? It's about how much a player can make at a particular school. And, 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 and look, players that that may love a certain school, uh, if, if the money's better in another school, they're probably going to go that way. This is the way it is, not just for LSU, but also for Tulane. You have to re-recruit your players every single year now. Players are free agents every single year. So, again, that, it's a tough situation, uh, especially when you got other teams. This will be tough for Tulane because they're going to have other teams coming after your best of players, just like with LSU. But if you're an LSU fan, you really have to feel really good about where this program is under Kelly and his staff. Uh, just a tremendous season. After, again, this this program was left in shambles uh, when, when, when Ogeron walked, when, when they fired Ogeron. Uh, and to be able to see this turnaround has been absolutely amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. What a college football season for us down here in South Louisiana. You know, um, I mean, you look at Southeastern was able to do. Uh, Tulane, LSU, uh, you know, missing a, a a few. But I'm telling you right now, uh, the future's bright. And the the future's bright because, again, Um, I think that each of those programs, meaning LSU and Tulane, I think they now realize what it takes for them to win in the new era of college football. And hopefully, again, we'll continue to see, again, the alumni with deep pockets step up because it's about the money, honey. (laughs) It's what it is. It's about the money. How much these kids can make uh, while they're in in school uh, before, again, they, they have a chance to be able to go pro. And the best of the brightest, in a lot of cases, are going to jump to be able to try to be on the big stage. When it comes to Tulane, they were able to hold on to their best in, in Michael Pratt. Hopefully, again, that's something that we'll see going forward. And as far as LSU goes, uh, you know, one thing you can say about both programs, when you look at the, at, at, at the, at the top of the program, the top of the pyramid, you've got to be able to feel really good about your head coaches in Fritz and in Kelly. Because you know they're going to be stewards of again a winning program, uh, they know how to build winning programs, and that's a, that's that's got to make you feel really good. Willie really, Fritz walked away from Georgia Tech, that again play has uh, has a three times the budget of Tulane. I'm sorry, twice the budget of Tulane athletics, twice the budget of, of Tulane football, could pay him twice as much as Tulane football. Uh, I mean, again, and he stayed at 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 at, uh, at, at Tulane for for uh, LSU having it to be able to try to figure out very quickly uh, after what happened with Texas A&M that they have to be able to uh, get these collectives together to be able to compete, and they did it. Both schools now are really set uh, to be, again, champions going forward in their particular conferences uh, for, for many years to come. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6. We'll be right back. better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. If you've been injured in a crash and the insurance company is forcing you to play defense, it's easy to make the wrong move. Don't let them cost you a big win. Demand Dudley DeBosier, the official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. It could be a game-changing decision. Supporting the Saints, fighting for Saints fans, that's
3: the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's
0: 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA twenty two one three five eight one.
1: This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine for 1061 Nash Icon. Celebrate Carnival Season with Twelfth Night this Friday night at the Rabbit Hole on Aretha Castle Haley with Big Chief Bo Dallas Jr. and the Wild Magnolias playing all your favorite Mardi Gras tunes. And sci-fi
3: and movie fans, don't miss this weekend the return of Fan Expo at the Convention Center with stars from Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, and more. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, pick up the new issue of Where you at magazine at restaurants,
1: coffee shops, and retail outlets all over town, or visit us at whereyouat.com.
2: Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Gasher with you until 6, 4 to 6 weekdays right here on 106.1 FM, Ash Icon. Uh, don't forget about friends at Burkhardt. North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. Looking for a company you can trust with your AC system, heating system. Looking for a new AC system or heating system? Burkhardt has 15 trucks in the field. 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or business. It's really a company you can trust. A company I've trusted over 30 years. You can trust them as well. That's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. acpromise.com. acpromise.com. McCarthy does not win. Uh, the House speakership could be a game-changer for Louisiana. Steve Scalise can get that position. Hopefully he does. Wow, that would be huge for Louisiana to have a speaker of the House. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. When we come back, we'll talk some Saints. Also talk a little bit about what's going on with Toya Cantrell. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. We'll be right back.
1: Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBocher Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app. We are WRKN. 106.1 Nash Icon. Picayune, New Orleans
0: week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Hour number two of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6, 4 to 6 weekdays right here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. Remember, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital partners. On the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchors our home base on your favorite podcasting platform. Search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. You'll find it. Also, again, uh, don't forget... Uh, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook. Uh, and um, as always, we invite you to um, enjoy the, uh, uh, our social media platform. All right, uh, let's jump into it. Uh, no guests today. Uh, One to reminder everybody the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports is back live on Thursday, uh, 1 o'clock, live broadcast on LAE. Uh, six PM on LAE where the first rebroadcast. Ten o'clock on the Deuce at WLA TV two. That's all on Thursday. On Friday, it's nine o'clock on Pelican Sports Television. Ten o'clock on WLAE. On Saturday morning at two A. M. on the Deuce. Saturday afternoon at five PM on Pelican Sports Television. Always on our social media platforms. Always on the WLA TV YouTube page as well as Ericasher.com. This week, Jude Young, CrestedSports.com and 106.1 FM uh, is one of our guests along with Gary Smith of NOAA.com, and also the Wave Report. Both those guys will join us live on Thursday uh, for the program. Um, first of all, for those that are our 5 o'clockers who are coming in, uh, Happy New Year. Wishing you and your family, friends, a healthy and prosperous uh, New Year. Also, again, I want to once again thank the guest hosts who stepped in uh, while I was on uh, vacation, uh, Tommy Chrysan, Scott Craig, Mike Vazan, uh, Mark Shafisi, Kirk Bullinger. Arnie Filco, and um, City Councilman Joe Joruso. Also Rudy Dixon holding the fort down for us as well. Really appreciate all these guys stepping in for me. Give me an opportunity to spend some time with family. Both my girls were in town. Uh, My daughter, Jamie, lives in Chicago. My daughter, Jody, lives in Nashville. Both were in town for the holiday season, and um, we had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with them, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to have some time off and spend it with family. Hope you did as well. I mentioned this in the first hour. uh, Again, uh, condolences. Uh, to the family of John Oshlin, uh former talk show host here in New Orleans, um, who uh, died over the weekend. Uh, I, I worked with him at 990 for a while. Uh, a lot of you remember him from again the flip from RNO to Rush Radio, R&O, RNO uh, Rock New Orleans to Rush Radio. He was the afternoon drive host there. Uh, went to Bayou 95.7 with Intercom uh, for a, a stint as well. Uh, well liked, great guy. Uh, unfortunately, passed over the weekend and of course while you're praying continue to keep um uh De- Demar Hel- Hamlin in your prayers Buffalo B- Bills safety of course last night the whole world knows uh, uh was uh, was involved in a hit uh that put him into cardiac arrest he was uh he was uh rushed to a Cincinnati hospital uh critical condition after collapsing on the field um, supposedly again has been um uh, is is uh, is still listed in critical condition. Uh, spent the night in intensive care. Uh, you, our thoughts and prayers are with him, his family, and the Buffalo Bills organization as well. Um, so, uh, just a, a, just a it's you know it's a gladiator sport, man. It just is we don't think of it like that. You know, guys get hurt all the time, athletes, and you know you just never see something like that in my lifetime. I see, I saw um, Stingley go down, okay, and be paralyzed. But you know, it's just when you see it, and it just goes to show you again um, how things can change so quickly. Um, And uh, hopefully, again, he will have a full recovery. Uh, In the first hour, we talked a lot about what went on with LSU and Tulane, both in fantastic seasons. Uh, Congratulations to both um, for and uh, uh, just uh, two of the greatest seasons. For, for Tulane, the greatest season maybe in the history of the program. Um, for LSU, uh, a bounce-back season for the ages. And congratulations to both Willie Fritz, uh, Brian Kelly, and both of their teams. Uh, and, and, and on the fan bases for both, who, again, uh, gave us so much joy during this during this, uh, this this college football season. I expect both to be – I expect Tulane to be a top-10 team. I expect LSU to be a top-12 team uh, when, when the polls uh, come out. Uh, after the national championship game next week. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. Uh, I want to start with the Saints, though. Uh, Saints on a, what, three-game win streak now? Uh, as they as they get ready to end the season, they will not uh, make the playoffs. Uh, they are currently uh, in, in the 10th position uh, when it comes to the NFL draft. Their first-round pick, obviously, is going to Philadelphia. Uh, we spoke extensively about Sean Payton in the first hour as well, possibility of him coming back, which, again, I don't believe is happening. But um, I don't want to downplay what's happened over the last few weeks. But I've always said again that I felt like this team was playing for itself. That there was a lack of motivation, okay, uh, at the top, and um, and that starts with Dennis Allen. That just didn't have. He just didn't know how to push the right buttons with his team. Like injuries are an issue. There's no doubt about it. But they're not an excuse. Um, this team. The biggest difference over the last few weeks and most of this season is not making the self-inflicted mistakes that put them in the position where they've been um, been all season long, losing close games. You know, it was, again, it was a huge win in sub-zero temperatures at Cleveland, right? Um, this past week, uh, the Saints played Philadelphia. They didn't have Jalen Hurts, but a very good Philadelphia team, a team that's dominated the Saints in recent years. Saints again, injuries again. I don't want to hear about Jalen Hurts. Go look at the bastion the Saints have had all season long, right? But it doesn't change my mind about Dennis Allen. It just doesn't. It's not cut out to be a head coach. Um, now I'll say this: the only way he doesn't return is if Sean Payton wants back in. As I mentioned in the first hour, um, I don't think I don't think that's happening. To me, if it were my choice, I would go in a completely different direction. Okay, and start over. Um, I, again, I said I, I don't think Peyton is serious. I don't believe he's come back to New Orleans to coach. Um, but if you ask me if I had to make a decision on keeping Dennis Allen or bringing back Sean Payton, huh, well, i take Sean Payton because I just don't think that Dennis Allen would get the job done. I will also say this. As I mentioned in the first hour, I don't see this team contending with Mickey Lewis in charge or the front office. In charge of personnel. Um, I don't see him contending with Dennis Allen in charge of the coaching staff. I don't think, again, he has the ability to coach this team to win titles, to win championships. And isn't that what it's all about now? I mean, when I was growing up, you were happy if you got a close to 500. Okay? It's no longer like that anymore here. The expectations are to be one of the best teams in the NFL. And the expectations are to try to win championships. NFC South Championships, NFC Championships, and and ultimately the Super Bowl. I don't think that, again, what you're looking at in Dennis Sound, I mean, honestly, can you look at Dennis Sound and tell me you think he is a championship-type coach? I'll wait. I don't. I don't see it. Okay? Just doesn't have it in him. Fantastic coordinator, horrible head coach. And his records say exactly who he is. Okay? I mean, it is. Well, your record is who you are, right? But the fact that this team has played so well down the stretch shows you they're playing for themselves. Yes, injuries have had something to do with this season. But to me, the lack of motivation, okay, the lack of attention to detail for a very talented team is the reason why they're sub 500. They're not going to the playoffs this year. And a lot of that comes from, again, coaching. Okay? The lack of a demanding coach that will accept nothing but excellence. And I don't think we've seen that this year. So now, what's going to happen? Well, the Saints are going to tread water for another year now, okay? Because a long-time relationship between Allen, who grew up in the organization, ownership, and also, again, the front office. I'll say this right now. If you think that getting a number one pick for Peyton is going to make a difference next year, you're, you're fooling yourself, okay? This team is lacking what it lost, which is a demanding head coach who's aggressive, Who's willing to do what it takes to win and not afraid to lose. You see, that's been the biggest problem I've had with Dennis Allen all season. He's afraid to lose he's afraid to lose. He plays not to lose instead of playing to win. So many times this season he played not to lose instead of playing to win. You can't do that as an NFL head coach. I mean, you and you definitely can't do that with the type of talent the Saints have here, who again have been born and bred under Sean Payton for excellence. And also again. Willing to do what it takes to win. And that means, again, rolling the dice sometimes. Not, again, trying to play it safe. I think that's been one of the biggest problems this year. Playing not to lose. Also, again, the breakdowns in terms of the coaching staff. Just some bad calls, some bad plays. uh, Just things that, again, that if you knew if Peyton was here, would never have transpired. Peyton's choice to walk away. Okay, look, I'm telling you right now, I didn't give him a pass when he walked. I'm one of the few, if all, the only one in this town that called him out. And I continue to, st- that, that, uh, to say that, okay? He left a talented team, but he left a team that, again, was a rudderless ship without his leadership. And everybody talked about the, the, the fact that the captains and, you know, they had the, the, the culture and everything else, but they didn't have the guy that created the culture. And Allen, again, didn't try to duplicate what Sean Payton did. He tried to go in his own direction, but it didn't work. It didn't motivate these teams. And then whatever happened in the locker room happened, whether it was with James Winston, whether it was C.J. Gardner-Johnson, whatever it is, there was a disconnect between head coach and, and, and team. And then playing not to lose, that, that, that to me was the biggest part of the failure of Dennis Allen this year. can't do that as an NFL coach. just can't. Just based on the things that have happened since Sean Payton walked away, again, it, Gives me pause that again, the franchise is now back in the hands of Mickey Loomis and allowing another year more or more of, of Dennis Allen as the head coach. No disrespect to Dennis Allen, great coordinator. But once again, you are who your record says you are. This was a wasted year for the franchise that invested heavily in their stars, and now some of those stars are aging now they find themselves in a position where they've got to find cap room to try to keep the young players that are emerging now on this team. Who happen to be, again, unrestricted free agents in this upcoming season. Now you look at the quarterback position. Look, Dalton played good enough not to lose games. Okay? But, he, but again, was a was mirror of his head, head coach. Not great enough to win games. Not great enough to win games. Couldn't put you over the top. So... Do they have the guts? And that's what it's going to take. Do they have the guts to be able to, again, do something that, again, goes against everything that we know who they are? And I'm talking about Mrs. Benson all the way down. And that means, again, go against what they have been, which is loyal, almost to a fault. And make the changes necessary to salvage this team. Because this team is not far away with the right head coach. This team is not going to be far away with, again, the right general manager making the the, the calls when it comes to uh, personnel positions. All you got to do is look at the C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade, and it tells you all you need to know. All you got to do is look at the trade for Alave and Penning and what they gave up to get Alave, and that's all you need to know. I've, been th- I've seen this, I've lived through Mickey Loomis before as the guy in charge, and it will not work. It will not work. Will not work. Mickey Loomis maybe has something to prove, I don't know. Prove he can do it without Sean Payton? He, you couldn't do it without Sean Payton before, and you're not going to do it without Sean Payton now. That's why I said before, whether it is going to be Peyton ultimately coming in and purging the best and brightest in this in this organization, or other clubs, you got to protect your assets. You got to protect Jeff Ireland. You got to protect Parenti. You got to protect uh, Kai Harley. You got to protect those guys that again you know that are you're even right right now as we're looking at it that are bringing in the young talent. I mean, we've seen it right. Even even in even in a bad year, we're seeing this. You're seeing young town emerge here in in new orleans i mean it's a shame i mean a lobbyist played well shahid um you look at um uh, you go right down the line uh uh jowan johnson moving again from from uh you know from uh, from what is it from the switch uh, switching positions from wide receiver to tight end um, you look at the maturation process of Carl Granderson, who again I talked about when he came over. You saw the you saw a flash of him, how well he played uh, when when he came in uh, after he after he had the problems up in was it Wyoming. Pete Werner's played well. Cade Nellis has played well. Uh, you've seen Alante Taylor come in and play well. These are all young players, on, on you know, in a lot of cases. You know, some of them, they were on the rookie contract. Some of those guys are going to be free agents, and other teams are going to be looking to snap them up. Those guys are being are responsible. Who's responsible? You look at the, Parrington is responsible, and also Jeff Ireland. You don't want to let those guys go. Those guys should be elevated to a general manager, a assistant general manager position, so they're, they're not picked off by another team, whether that be Sean Payton or otherwise. Is Mickey Loomis smart enough? Can he put his ego aside and do that? And I don't think he can I don't think he can. The saints have to somehow again preserve what they have in terms of of again uh their their front office so and th- they've got to hit on this draft. This draft is huge for this team going forward look the 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 Gambling money and the TV money is going to kick in within the next two years. Saints are going to be out of cap hell. They really got to kind of tread water for another season. And uh, so we'll see how kind of how that plays out. Again, I want to, want to congratulate Cam Jordan. It's, it's, it's kind of bittersweet for me. He passes uh, Ricky Jackson as the all-time sack leader for the New Orleans Saints. I'm a Ricky Jackson fan. I have the absolute privilege of doing a Ricky Jackson radio show for two years here at, at, at a previous station. Um, Ricky invited me to go to his Hall of Fame induction. Uh, I love Ricky Jackson. <laughs> I loved Ricky Jackson as a fan. I love Ricky Jackson as a broadcaster. Um, uh, but again, you got to give a lot of credit to Cam Jordan, who's been an Iron Man for this team, much like Ricky Jackson, um, and and just a special human being, um, uh, and a guy that again, when you look at Cam Jordan, is an anomaly. Okay, he, he's different. You know, now players don't. Settle in New Orleans. They don't raise their families in New Orleans anymore. You know, they're here for a short period of time, and then they, they go back to wherever they came from, and they go to Atlanta, or they go off to the West Coast. He is raising his family here in New Orleans. Um, so just a different cat, man. So, again, kudos to him. All-time sack leader for, 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 the, uh, for the Saints and a great career. And, look, he ain't done yet. He ain't done yet. Dude still got something in the tank. Um, and he's one of the one of the, the the individuals that you have to keep on this team uh going forward. I do want to shift gears for a moment. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in in, in the um, uh in the city and then I'm gonna talk about uh, the Pelicans um in in our last couple segments. Um, just so frustrated, ladies and gentlemen. I just gotta I gotta say it right now. Uh, two hundred and eighty murders as we turn the calendar from 22 to 23. I mean, the new year wasn't even a couple hours old and we already had another murder. Uh, this past weekend, tourists got a little taste of what New Orleans is today. Uh, you had the shooting on broad, in broad daylight on Bourbon Street. Bourbon and Toulouse, broad daylight. My gosh, let me say this right now. In my lifetime, how many times did that happen? Okay? It's... L- Uh, I mean, it's just, it's so frustrating, okay, to see how my city is, is, is again, uh, is in such a downturn right now. It's just heartbreaking to me, heartbreaking. Crime is out of control. Police department has been depleted. And there's no quick fix here. There's no quick fix here at all. But there's still a lot of apathy and mistrust. See to me, that's where the root of the problem is right now with the city of New Orleans between black and white still today. Um, and it's been like that for a long, it's been like that for a long, long time, and I think a lot of us look past it, don't think about it until it's really put right in our faces. The mistrust between black and white people in this city. And it's the only reason you could think of it and why Latoya Cantrell would not be uh, be recalled. She's not going to be recalled, by the way. Um, Ash Wednesday's the deadline. And there's not enough black New Orleanians, registered voters, that are willing to be able to have her recalled. As I said from the beginning, it was, it, it was going to come down to the black community getting fed up. The garbage not being picked up right now. Crime is at an all-time high. Carjackings. Car break ins. Uh look like I said, the tourists this weekend. Cars getting broken into at the Sugar Bowl. Cars getting broken into again in the French quarter. Carjackings. Uh the, 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 the scene of an uptown man jumping on his car as they try to carjack his his car earlier uh, earlier this weekend. No, it, it what it boils down to is it's always boiled down to New Orleans. It boils down to race. No bad. how bad the situation in the city is. Recall was never a referendum on the competence of the mayor, at least in the black community, in my opinion. It was looking past the the out-of-control crime, the loss of life, because the mayor is a black woman, period. There's a deep-seated mistrust when it comes to politics and city leadership in this city. The majority black population does not trust the minority white population in Orleans Parish. And that's just the truth. You know, you come to this program for one thing, the truth. Might like it, might not like it. It is, is what it is, okay? Doesn't matter how bad things are, how corrupt or inept Cantrell has been, she is going to get a pass. She's going to be allowed to be able to finish out her term. Like I said, the garbage is still down to getting picked up. Murder, robberies, carjackings, car break-ins, murder at an all-time high, continue at the same rate. Now you got tourists that are getting victimized now, shootings in broad daylight on Bourbon Street. I'll say it again. Recalling Cantrell happens in any other American city, but it's not going to happen here in New Orleans. And it doesn't get any easy. They they made it so easy for you to be able to recall Cantrell. They sent you a self-addressed stamped envelope with a recall petition there to every registered voter in the city of New Orleans. And the apathy and the mistrust in this city has prevented some, if not all, in the black community to look past... From looking past race to the reality of the current conditions on the city of New Orleans, when it comes to Cantrell as mayor, and I just say right now, pretty sad, pathetic, it just is. But that's the reality of the situation we're living in. And again, it's, we've been in a, it's, it's it's a time warp. it's a time warp here, and it's been this way for my, my entire life, and I get it. I get it, Jim Crow, slavery. I get, uh, again, economic disadvantage. I get all of it. I understand it all. I do. I understand it all. On why, again, black people don't trust white people. And when it comes to power, especially in the city of New Orleans, why there's mistrust. This city was on a different trajectory after Katrina. Everybody was motivated. Nobody was going to allow this to happen to us again. We wanted a change in government. And you know what we had? We had a rainbow government. We had a government of black and white, Asian, Hispanic, coming together to lead the city. Somewhere along the line, we went backwards. We went backwards to, again, where race became, again, the, 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 the most important thing and not, again, the ability of once to lead. That's the reality of the situation. It is, again, where race means more than competence. I'll say it again. In any other American city, if you don't get the garbage picked up, if crime is out of control, if, again, the the police department is being depleted, if they're abandoning the department, if the criminal justice system is dysfunctional, people will be marching on the streets, incumbents will be voted out, but not in Orleans Parish. So I get this all the time from people. Why do you care, Eric? Why do you care? Why have again, you, you've taken uh, part of your, your your radio career and put it toward this? I enjoy doing sports, but I love my city. I love my city. I love, I love my city the way the way it used to be, uh, a place where you had safe neighborhoods, where, where you, can, you can enjoy sitting on your porch, where you can walk your neighborhood, where you can go to great restaurants and bars, where you can enjoy our festivals, our nightlife, where I could enjoy the French Quarter, our traditions. Okay, our traditions, all that's in jeopardy now. I said it a long time ago, those that have the wherewithal to get out are getting out. And it's not just white people, it's people of color as well. Here's the sad part of it all. It's, the, it's people of color are the ones that are dying on our streets. Okay, look, white people are, are victims of the property crimes, right? Carjackings, robberies, uh, uh, you look at that, but, but black, people in the black community are losing their children. They're losing their children. Your children are getting killed on our streets every single night, every single day. It's just amazing. That doesn't motivate you. Somehow, someway, we've got to have a change. There's got to be a change somewhere. But at the end of the day, you're only going to make the decision based on, again, the race of an individual. And i got to stick behind that person because of the race. And that's it. Sorry, that's where we are. That's what it boils down to in New Orleans now. And it's been been like this my entire life. It's been a dirty secret, but it's been like that my entire life. Look, Dutch Montreal took over in 1978. I was a senior in high school. First black mayor, okay? And and, and beginning the transition of the city leadership from, again, that was what, dominated by a long time, white political groups, a lot of those corrupt. Don't think I'm giving these white political groups a pass. They were as corrupt as corrupt could be. To now, again, the black political groups that are corrupt. Up until Katrina, we were in that same... Pattern over and over again, and then it changed for a short period of time, where again, for the first time in a long time, it didn't matter what were the color of one's skin when it came to leadership. It was about the ability to lead. We came together, again, after Katrina, black, white, Asian, Latino, to rebuild our city, but we got sidetracked once again, where race is more important than the individual's ability to lead and get the job done. And where are we right now in 2023 as we turn the page? We're in danger of losing our bread and butter, our tourist-based economy because of the lack of police protection and the criminal element that is young and brazen, has no respect for the, the, the culture of our city's traditions, for, for, uh, no respect for life, no respect for their own family. It touches us all one way or the other. It touches us all. I may be safe in my Jefferson, Parish suburban neighborhood. You may be safe in your exurbs of the city of New Orleans, North Shore, wherever you live. But I'll say it again. We all go as New Orleans goes. The state goes as New Orleans goes. As New Orleans' economy goes, the states go. If New Orleans continues to sink into the abyss, we're all going down with her. Every one of us. And the fact that in 2023, the overriding factor of, again, whether you're keeping a, an incompetent mayor in office is because she's a black female is mind-blowing to me. And the only hope for all those of us that, again, that still love New Orleans is the federal criminal investigations into the mayor and forcing her out of office because the people won't do it. But even if this happens, even if ultimately the mayor is, 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 is indicted and she has to, has to leave office, nothing's going to change. There will continue to be apathy at an all-time high, even when the quality of life in New Orleans is at an all-time low. And a large segment of this black po- the black population in New Orleans continuing not to trust white New Orleanians. Especially when it comes to looking past race, when it comes to the greater good for the city and the state. I just wish there was a way that we could come together and trust each other again or trust each other for the first time. I I can't say the first time because after Katrina, there was a different vibe in this city, man. There was a beautiful vibe in this city. There really was. It's gone now. It's gone. If you can't see the incompetence of this mayor and you can't look past that and the only reason you're not signing that petition is because she's a black female, shame on you. Shame on you. I pray for better days for my city because I love my city. And I'll tell you again, I'll say it again for those of you that want to throw stones at me because I moved to Jefferson Parish. I'll do it in a minute again. I'll do it in a minute again. I loved living in New Orleans. I hated living outside the city of New Orleans. The majority of my life I lived in Orleans Parish and I hated it. I loved living in my mid-city house. I loved, again, being able to walk to the Canal Street street streetcar, take the the streetcar downtown, okay? I loved being able to walk to the great restaurants. I loved living in the city of New Orleans. But you know what? When my wife turned to me and she said, I can't do it anymore, I can't keep looking over my shoulder, I can't keep worrying about getting carjacked, getting murdered, again, at that point I had to go. I miss my city. I hurt for my city. I love my city. I just wish those that had the wherewithal, the ability to do something about it, would do something about it. Too much apathy, too much mistrust. We're in a downward spiral, and it's unfortunate. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll take a call. I want to get into the Pelicans before we get out of here. You're again, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning, Heating, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. Looking for a you can trust? Hey, there's nobody like Burkhardt. Over 30 years, I've trusted Burkhardt. Air conditioning systems, heating systems, standby generators. Also, don't forget also about that APCO Whole Home Air Treatment System. You need it. They're there for you. After hours, during the, during the, uh, during the, uh, the, the uh, working hours with 15 trucks in the field on a 30-minute courtesy call, go with Burkhardt. Go with the pros. acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back.
1: Look out for delays if you're traveling westbound along the Pontchartrain Expressway from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. Look out for delays on 10 eastbound from just past Elysian Fields to the High Rise. Look out for delays 10 westbound right at Clearview. In the meantime, look out for accidents south Roman at 3rd and also General Meyer at Eden Street. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center.
0: Don't forget about my friends at Southern Tire. Family owned and operated uh, since 1972 by the Piazza family. Your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs, the best deals on tires. They offer the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, bar none. Doesn't matter what your budget is, or what you drive, they got a tire for you. Uh, if you need a new set of tires or wheels, they're the wheels, ex- wheels and tire experts. Up the 30 inches they have for you. And, of course, finance is, av- is available. You can also, again, have your damaged rooms repaired there as well. Uh, ASC certified technicians, same diagnostic equipment you get at the dealership. Even more diagnostic equipment get the dealership. Tony Piazza has made the decision to be able to invest in, again, the great the, the diagnostic equipment uh, to be able to keep your car on the road. Looking for a company you can trust? You can trust the Piazza family. Uh, Hick, uh, and that's Southern Tire. Hickory Airline in Metairie. Open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6. Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. Go to southerntire.com. Check out all the service they provide for their customers. Owned by the Piazza family since 1972. It's Southern Tire. Hickory and Airline in Metairie. Don't forget about my friends over at Suburban Roofing and Siding. My good friend Marty Scoggins has had Suburban Roofing for the last two decades, re-roofing South Louisiana like nobody else. Fully licensed and insured, again, uh, also a member of the Better, Better Business Bureau, one of only 6% of roofing contractors nationwide, certified by Shingle Manufacturers, which, again, allows uh, their, their customers to qualify for the manufacturer's extended warranty. Uh, Marty's going to go above and beyond, as he always had, has. He's honest and reliable, and he stands stand behind all of Suburban uh, Roofing's quality workmanship. Uh, their skilled crews are experts in all types of roofs. At Suburban Roofing, they'll even hand-nail your roof, which is a lost art. Hey, before you sign a contract with any other roofing company, call my friends at Suburban Roofing, have Marty come out and give you a price. 504-861-ROOF, 504-861-ROOF. Looking for a company you can trust when it comes to your roof. It's Marty Scoglin, Suburban Roofing. He put a roof on my my home, uh, the most wind-resistant shingle uh, that's on the market. I've already told the story about him working with, uh, coming out and, uh, and, and meeting with uh, the, the adjuster after multiple adjusters said they would not buy the roof. Uh, they ended up buying the roof. Uh, I'm just, again, I cannot say enough about Marty Scoggins' suburban roofing. It's such a big investment when it comes to your roof. Make sure you go with a company that's going to be there before and after the sale. That's suburban roofing and signing. All right, 504 260 1061. Let's grab a couple calls before I get into the PELs. Uh, Jack has been holding so long. Jack, uh, th- thanks for the call.
4: Eric, how you doing?
0: Doing fine, Jack.
4: Look, like I told Arthur earlier today, how fast can they build the Tajay Spears statue? I mean, they huh. commissioning an, uh, an artist right now.
0: I'm I'm with you. Uh, just an amazing player, and uh, just an amazing performance yesterday. I mean, he did he put the team on his back once again. I
4: mean, it, it's just he'll he'll be sorely missed in the – and, and, and I mean, I just hope he has a great NFL career. I um, hope he's playing. In the, and, I well, hope he's
0: playing in the dome next year <laughs> for the Black and Gold. I really do. I mean, you know, Kamara's—he's I mean, not done yet, but he's getting up in age. Uh, his contract is huge. This guy would be a nice—he would be a nice move uh, to be able to slide right in behind him. And now with
4: after Kamara, he's probably going to end up with at least some suspension,
0: right? Don't you think? Yep. Oh yeah, he's getting suspended first part of the season, no doubt.
4: And, look, I I know you're trying to move. Look, um, my question about the Saints is how much leverage do the Saints have? Do you think they're losing it little by little, you know, with the charges and some other situations?
0: You mean as far as Peyton goes? Yeah. I think Peyton holds all the cards. I I do. I I mean, I don't don't think the Saints have any leverage. The only leverage the Saints are going to have is when ultimately uh, there becomes becomes some type of a bidding war for, for Peyton at that point. Uh, but I, I think Peyton holds all the cards here. I think he's going to ultimately go where he wants to go. The question is, are you going to get a John Gruden type uh, 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 deal for him or not? And to me, the bidding starts with John Gruden uh, with, with the with the with the Bucks guy with the Bucks uh, gave up for John Gruden. Right.
4: That, you know that, that was crazy, Al Davis. So I I believe you know I I, I know it would be nice to get it. Hey, look. I, I ran this past Scott and, uh, and Mike last week, and mm-hmm. let me know what you think. Um, I think I found a spot for him. although, uh, you know, they uh, what about Indianapolis? That team's not nearly that bad, and
3: mm-hmm. they would
4: have the fifth pick in the draft. They, he'd have to find a quarterback and shore up the offensive line, but the defense is really good. They might have the best run, young running back in football, and they got some pieces at wide receiver.
0: I think that that they're a nice team, but I'm telling you right now, he doesn't want to go to Louis Indianapolis. He wants to be in the spotlight. Right. He wants to be. He wants to. He's got his sights set on Los Angeles, or, or again, a, a big market. I just think that again, his ego to this point is that he wants to be in a big market, and I think that's the that's the direction. When it's all said and done, the dust clears, he'll be in a big market. Okay. So,
4: and you think that'll get done this year, or you think he'll just wait it out?
0: If, I I I think that honestly, it comes down to how many teams really want him. And 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 what what the bidding could be, uh, you know. Again, I think he holds all the cards. I think he could set out another year, uh, and and but I think I think he's itching to get back in, though. I'll be honest with you.
4: Well, yeah. Well, it, 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 that should happen. That should happen pretty quickly. I mean, you know, next yeah. Monday they're going to fire a bunch
0: of guys. Yeah. Yep. I'm thinking of that thing, and that's when the best when we'll find out. Again, how much he's really worth. I think he's the number one candidate on everybody's board. He's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. it's Just. Uh,
4: you know, when I was talking with them, I realized you said that Indianapolis wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be interested. But oh no, he would right. be interested in them. But I mean, mm-hmm. like in that situation, would you give up the fifth pick in the draft for a coach, even if he's, even if you, you know, even if he's, yeah, number if, he's, if as a guy,
0: if a coach, look what he did in New Orleans and turning this franchise around. You don't think that again that he would bring again that he'd do the same thing in Indianapolis? Uh, Look, the guy guy can coach. He can motivate. I mean, there's no one around it, okay? So, yeah, I think he's worth the fifth pick in the draft. Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: Okay. Thanks for taking my call, Eric. Have a good day. Always
0: appreciate your call, Jack. Kurt is in New Orleans. Hey, Kurt.
3: Hey, Eric. How you doing, man? Doing great, Kurt. I just just want to thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your straight-upness. There's Nobody tells it like you. Nobody. And and my my comments on Dennis Allen, but you hit a nerve. I, I do want to say... I guess you got to have a bowl game. I guess it's got to be a sugar bowl every day to feel safe in the city. People who live in the city, who actually live in the city, you, you got to have something major. It's the only time you can come out and feel safe.
0: Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it, 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 it's it's heartbreaking. It's Curtis heartbreaking. They can
3: lie, they can lie all they want. They can lie all they want that they're worried about people's safety, but you'd have 25, 35, 40 extra cops out, out every day instead yep. of you know all this money they brag on. They bring in with all these you know all of these uh, scenarios. None of it goes to really additional offices uh, on, mm-hmm. a, on, a, on a weekly or monthly basis. You know, it,
0: it's the, a lie. The golden goose is about to be, is about to, that egg, <laughs> yeah. that's about to be yeah. done. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. We, yeah literally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I, don't many, I don't know how many news programs you saw this weekend with tourists that were saying, that's it, I'm done. Okay, I'm not really? coming back. These are people I from Alabama. Okay I didn't they see that. I didn't see yeah that. people from Alabama they got their cars broken into in the French quarter and then outside the dome, okay that we see all the time happening. These are people that again can make day trips to New Orleans. they said they're done, yeah. they're not coming back
3: yeah the white people white people are scared of black people, yeah look the, the, what I want to say about Dennis Allen is is that he just comes across, man when he speaks, man, you know, you know we're on the right track we're not there yet. he sounds like a like a like a grammar school coach, man. he doesn't sound. The authority, the leadership, but does it he tries to sound like Sean with the pauses? It seems like in between mm-hmm. what he's saying. I'm not trying to beat him down. I'm just saying the way he's perceived and the way he comes across. It's just, I don't know, man. It, it's tough to watch, man. It, yeah. You know, no,
0: it has been tough to watch. And, and let me say, and I'm Kurt, gonna say
3: this one other thing, man. Mickey Loomis, man, it was such a coup with Gail and, and 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 you know and 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 Mr. Benson yeah. and all, and sure. he went down physically. We know that, and. I just feel like Loomis. He just has whole. You know, I mean, Sean had the keys to the castle. We know that, but it's such a coup, man, with with, with Loomis with everything. And it just seems like he's a great money man. And I could, sometimes that's questionable. But he's not a great. He's not a great. You know, he's not a great. No, he's not a great, personnel. Uh,
0: he, he, no, he's, not a personnel he's not, not a his, personnel GM. He's not. That's no, just not his in forte. Ireland's,
3: Ireland's kind of let us down a little bit recently,
0: especially yeah. in the quarterback. But, but then you turn around and you look at some of these young kids that are there right now, and you say to yourself, well, that's a, you know, I mean, the guys that are coming in, like Cade is playing better, Grandison's playing better, Shahid has come on. You know I mean? You look at it. Oh, yeah. So, so oh, you yeah. say that, you know, they, they found some other players as well, so. Yeah,
3: yeah. We just need to get a quarterback.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Everybody yeah. needs you, one, you, right?
3: You, you see Brady with four touchdowns of 400 yards? It's something we Yeah, need. I know. Period. <laughs> Have a great
0: night. Thank you. You too, bud. Thanks. Uh, let me say this. Um, Kurt made a comment about white people being afraid of black people. Let me say this right now. Like I said, I think it's mistrust between between black people and white people. I think all people are afraid of the thugs that we have in the city right now. Doesn't matter what color. That doesn't matter the race. Doesn't matter where you live. I think everybody's in fear. Okay. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that that has anything to do with race. I think everybody's in fear. I do you want to say this about the Pell? Zion Williamson goes down with a hamstring injury last night. Man, i tell you what, the Pelicans have played such good basketball. They've lost their two, last two games. Uh, it's really frustrating to see again. Uh, Brandon Ingram still out with an injury. Brandon Ingram's got to step up. He's got to get back on the court for this team. Uh, they need him desperately uh, to get on the floor, especially with Zion out. We see the emergence of Zion Williamson uh, as, as, a, as the next great player in the NBA right now. Um, uh, he, has been, he has been phenomenal for this team. Uh, and then, of course, we've seen the great depth. Uh, of this team as well but they need their stars on the floor. Uh Brandon Ingram's been out of the li- out of the lineup too long and now with Zion out with a hamstring at least probably two weeks right. It's going to be a situation where he's again they need him him to get back on the floor but again uh these young players that have emerged have been, been incredible, you know, from, from Trey to Alvarado to Najee, Dyson, Herb, uh, even Zion coming into his end. You look at Hayes finally coming back and starting to play well. Hernan Gomez. I mean, uh, Valentunas is a double-double is a machine. The chemistry, the camaraderie of this team. I mean, again, that, that's not phony. That's real, okay? Um, and uh, you really got to love the way this team is playing. And I also want to say this. You've got to love the way New Orleans is stepping up. Okay, the Smoothie King Center is a tough place to play again. All right, uh, there is a playoff atmosphere. It seems like every single game now. Uh, the, the game is sold out against Brooklyn on Friday. Uh, it is going to be very, very difficult to be able to beat the Pels at home. Uh, they are playing very well at home right now. Uh, They've got to start stacking some wins on, on the road. It's going to be tough to do that without their two best players on the floor, though. Hopefully those guys will get back. Uh, like I said in the first hour, you can talk about December and April, the difference between having players and what it means to um, uh, what it means to have your uh, you know your stars sit out. But again, we know losses affect you, whether they're in December or April, and uh, this is a very very tight race right now in the West between Memphis and Dallas and uh, and Denver and New Orleans, uh, and every loss knocks you further back. Uh, Pels had won five in a row and then, of course, lost the last two. Hopefully, again, this will be a situation where, um, where uh, uh, Zion will get back quickly. Got to give a lot of kudos to, uh, to uh, CJ, who's been incredible, uh, and, of course, Willie, Willie Green and his staff. It's been a joy to watch the Pels, and I can't wait for the rest of the season. All right, don't forget about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. I don't care where you live within the sound of my voice. If you need help, Burkhart's there for you. Truly a company can trust. uh, Only doing the work that's necessary, whether it's a new system or or repairing an existing system, go with Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. I'm your host, Eric Asher. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. We'll be right back. Hey, Eric, welcome to the newly renovated TikTok. Come on in. Quick, close the door, Mike. You're letting the flies out. All right, don't start that again. Hey, look, we've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your should say sorry, we're back open. Stop. Come on. So what you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you could put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a... All right, enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe, open 24-7 at the intersection of Causeway and I-10 in Metairie.
1: Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casual Key Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.
2: I studied Spanish in college and never got fluent, but then I tried Babbel.
3: Want the most effective way to learn another language? In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel's bite-sized lessons will have you learning another language in as little as three weeks.
2: Babbel gets you speaking quickly about things you actually talk about in the real world.
3: University studies have shown that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a semester of college Spanish. If you want to learn a new language, there's no better way than Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try Babbel for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
0: All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, I want to thank our great sponsors that sponsor our program. Sponsor have been with us for 20 years. Continue to be able to support our show. Go to ericasher.com for a slideshow to sponsor, sponsor our program. Uh, click on the icon of the sponsor, take you right to the website. Everything you need to know about those sponsors, right there for you at the website. We thank you for your support of those so those sponsors and those sponsor support uh, of our program. I want to thank Rudy back at studio producing again, once again, all the guest hosts that sat in for us uh, last week, and of course, our audience, which has been a loyal audience for the last 20 years. Thank you so much uh, for tuning into the program. We certainly appreciate it. Don't forget about the award-winning Inside World Orleans Sports this week featuring uh, Jude Young and Gary Smith. Tomorrow, again, uh, is is Wednesday, so that's Katie's Day. We'll have uh, Sean Vazan and also Scott Craig. Thursdays will be Oceana's Day. We'll have our usual cast, the characters of uh, uh, a guest on Thursday. And then, of course, Friday's the William Grant Family still has Friday extravaganza as we wrap it all up for the week. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Wishing you a healthy and prosperous New Year coming up. And pray for our city that again that we can get through these tough tough times that we're in right now on on the flip side let's be happy again for tuning lsu and then their great seasons hopeful for the saints next year and again looking forward to again a great ride with the pelicans for the rest of the season as well my name is eric Asher. have a wonderful evening coming up next jude young with all access keep it right here uh, from the dog catch the governor that includes the man they all gotta go